Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we could not be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Morgan and Holly Hill with Hill and Hill Financial. Welcome. Thank you, Lee. Yeah, thank you for having us. This is really an honor. We appreciate it. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Hill and Hill. How are you serving folks? Well, one of the things that we're very proud of is we, not to get into semantics, Lee, but we see ourselves as a retirement planning firm. And as such, over the last 20 years, we've had a chance to really look at how do you plan for stable, safe income, as well as navigate all the ups and downs of the market. We do a lot in the area of risk management. Uh, What happens if you do live to be 97? Will you do it with the dignity and respect you deserve? We do a lot of estate planning. We've got a wonderful team of attorneys throughout the country. And then certainly we deal with taxes. Haven't met anyone that wants to pay more. So we really look at those four areas as a complete plan to to really help people get to this thing called retirement, but to also navigate through it. Now, can you talk a little bit about how, um, especially for the retirees today, it's kind of a different landscape than it was maybe when you started uh, because interest rates are so low, it's hard to have kind of um, these more predictable, safer investments, and, and people are going to have to kind of lean into more of what some people might consider riskier um, uh, tools in order to get the financial retirement that they envisioned. Um, great, great point, Lee. Yeah, we've seen that in the 20 years, it was fairly binary um, when you looked at interest rates and safe money versus at-risk money. You know, I remember back in the early 2000s when a CD, you could get, gosh, darn near 7%, and I had people that would scoff at me if I only gave them 6 um, with an investment. What we've expanded to is we really look at this from a much broader diversification perspective, and we do look at things like alternative investments that can give you stable dividend income. We do look at annuities. We think there's a, there could be a place for the right circumstances. And then we balance that with at-risk money in the market. And we do some really detailed planning to make sure that all of one's income is stable and or guaranteed to make sure that they don't run out. But it definitely has changed over the last couple of decades. Now, has the profile of your client changed as well? Are you are you kind of interacting with people maybe earlier in their um, kind of career than you than maybe previously? Yeah, a really interesting point. Um, the answer is yes. Um, it used to be that we were in the early days. We were dealing with mainly folks that had already retired late sixties, even into their early seventies. Now we're working with folks in their forties, sometimes even in their thirties because folks are looking out a little bit more proactively and saying, boy, I need to really think about this retirement. What do I do? And so we start seeing people at at substantially younger ages as we start doing planning. Now, there's a lot of kind of news about the the retirement crisis that's occurring and that the uh, viability of Social Security is at risk, which I've been hearing for decades. You know, they've been talking about that. Um, how do you help your clients kind of 
deal with a lot of the noise that they might be hearing uh, out there that may may or may not you know come to fruition? Um, gosh, I think we do probably what other folks try to do, and that's try to literally sort out the noise. Um, we first of all, when we look at certainly the income planning portion of our business, Lee, we try to just do uh, just numbers and spreadsheets and looking at all the sources of income that are stable and or guaranteed. And then when we do look at Social Security, we we've had a chance to reach out to some experts in the industry that look at age bands. You know, for example, if you're in your 55 or above age band today, the chances of you having Social Security are pretty doggone high. I've got some younger clients, actually kids and grandkids of clients who are in their 20s and 30s. And we're having conversation that says it's pretty much going to be your 401k. So again, we we try to be very realistic and balanced, but most of the folks that we work with, we look at social security or perhaps a portion of their social security that will be very viable as we move forward versus some of the 20 and 30 year old kids and grandkids. We're not planning for anything other than that 401k or perhaps 403b as part of their income for the future. Now, when you're working with um, maybe a new newer client, uh, can you talk about some of maybe their their fears that they're having when it comes to even dealing with the eventuality of retirement of some form and having to rely on um, kind of this nest egg that they've built up hopefully over the years? Because when you're looking at this kind of conceptually, there's so many unknowns. You don't know how long you'll live. Like you mentioned that somebody could live to 97, you know, every year it seems like um, maybe except for last year, the expected life uh, of a person was getting, you know, longer and longer. There's more and more people living, you know, to a hundred now than probably in the history of mankind. Um, And then you don't know your health situation. We don't know what the health insurance situation is going to be, you know, in 5, 10, 20 years. There's so many variables with so many unknowns to be able to plan. It just seems overwhelming. And I would I would guess a certain portion just say, forget it. It's impossible. I don't want to think about it. Well, fortunately, we haven't seen uh, that ladder. We have folks that will kind of roll up their sleeves with But that's where we do start when we do all of our planning with just written game plans for their income that includes Social Security, if they have a pension, dividend income, all of these things, use of an annuity, if that's appropriate for the folks. And so we map out their debt load. You know, the happiest people that Holly and I have met during retirement don't owe anybody anything. And so when we map it out, actually, to late 90s, some even 100 and we actually graphically represent it that says, do you have enough coming in versus what goes out, not just for the both of you, but for the one of you. So we're very pragmatic. And we have found that that pragmatic approach to the numbers and the sources and streams, what's guaranteed and stay and or stable, what's unpredictable, it really calms folks down that they say, OK, I've got a good baseline view versus the other unpredictable factors. And we found that it really encourages people to be more optimistic rather than they're trying to do all the numbers in their head and they're hoping it works out. Now, do you find that especially young people feel like this is something that I can just get an app for and not have to deal with a human and um, and then just manage this on my own? Uh, um, yes, we do. Um you know, as I as I think through that, um, we've just, again, the title of our, our uh, 
last book was Building a Better Retirement. And uh, my wife will talk later about the next one that we're going to write together called Living a Better Retirement. But we really look at the analogy of retirement like a building. It, it isn't necessarily a clever analogy, but we think it's appropriate. Retirement is how investing in income, risk management, estate planning, and tax all intersect, kind of like load-bearing walls. Too often, the, 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 the conversation with whatever online, you know, robo this or robo that is all about investing. It's, not, it's more about painting a room or building a garage. It's not about building a home. So when I, when I talk with some of the younger folks, and, and I've got a few that are, again, the nieces, nephews, grandkids, I said, listen, at this season of life, it's perfectly fine for you to focus on just this one thing. In fact, you don't need someone who looks like me and Holly um, and our staff and our team because you're a little too ahead of the curve. Just focus on that, you know, robo advisor or whatever, or you can do this yourself online. And I give counsel to some of the kids and the grandkids. But I said, as you move further, the conversation gets more nuanced than just I've got my international domestic growth sector fund diversified amongst gold and silver, blah, blah, blah. I, I said the conversation gets more detailed because it brings in more issues such as risk management, such as estate planning and tax. So, so yes, we see that with young folks, but we also help them as they make the migration further in their retirement. Now, do you think that the young folks today that are are kind of dabbling like you said, in those apps and they're doing it themselves. Um, do you think that they're going to be kind of maybe better prepared down the road when they do need uh, somebody like your firm to help them because the volatility is maybe not going to be as scary for them as it is with some probably of your current clients that are, you know, freaking out every time the market, you know, moves dramatically? You know what? You're bringing up an excellent point. You know, as I do counsel, again, some of the younger clients who are family members, I'll share with them up front. I said, I'm a history nerd for those that Lee and for those that are listening. I love history. And if you do look at the economic history of our country back 100 years, over time, the stock market has gone up. That's not my opinion. That's just the historical fact. And as I share with folks and actually uh, give lectures on this, where you look at the ups and downs in our history and what happened, I said, the time horizon, if you're 25 years old, you know, yeah, you can go through some of the ups and downs because the general trajectory for you for the next 30, 35 years is up. You just have to be conscious of the fact that as you move closer to retirement, that that narrative does change. So whether they'll be, I, I've, I've met people of all <clears throat> shapes, types, and sizes. And what I have discovered is this, the closer people get to living off all that they have, they have a tendency to be um, their, their mind shifts and their heart shifts. So I do think younger folks, they realize they've got time and I encourage them to take advantage of that time. And then just as you move closer, it's not about being afraid. It's just about being more focused on what you want your money and what you need your money to do for this next chapter, this next season. Now, but even with your older clients um, and if they kind of can expect a life that even if they're 60, that life could be another 30, 40 years, they have to at least um, acknowledge that some of their nest egg has to be placed on these kind of, you know, more volatile investments. Well, you know, that's a, that's a good point, Lee, but we found that it's a function sometimes of just how much they have. So we actually uh, look at diversification of perhaps a little bit differently. 
we diversify among different what we call worlds or universes. So we say, well, how much is directly at risk in the market? What is perhaps safe, not at direct risk? Where do things that grow without market risk play into it? And maybe these things called alternatives. So we diversify and look at how all of those things play together. And what we say is, is what percentage of your money might have to be in things like common stock, dividend paying, et cetera. We just want to make sure that that diversification plan matches up with their income plan. So they're not taking risks to achieve a goal that they may not need to achieve. And as a full service firm, since we do all of it, we're not pro or con any of it. We're just saying, hmm, here's your income plan. What levels of risk do you need to achieve your goal? And if you don't need to put that level of risk to achieve your goal, let's not. And then we balance that always with a written risk profile. And we update that periodically to make sure that how they view the market and their risk is always in line with market conditions. So you don't look at kind of the uh, assumed lifespan of the client and then put it in different, like different time frames in different risk categories? Well, well, we, d- yes, we do, but maybe it's a little bit different. Part of what we do is we do map out their income plan to darn near age 100. Then we say, what are the sources you have of stable and or guaranteed income for the both of you as well as the one of you? And we map that out. Then we kind of say, what do you need for the rainy day? What do you need for other things? And then we somewhat back into it based on their risk profile, because I've met people who are in their 70s who are still pretty risky and they don't need to be. And I've met people who were in their 50s who want to put everything in a bank CD. So I think though, what I've seen the last 20 years is that the typical models of how we do things is shifting. And so our firm, being a large independent firm, we look at doing things differently so we can customize it. So if somebody says, hey, listen, I know that I should be riskier because I'm only 58, but I'm really scared because of this or this. Can I still achieve my goals given that? And so we've tried to adapt and adopt in this changing environment rather than it's all age-based risk. We kind of start with the end in mind saying, is your current plan going to get you there? And then how do we modify it if not? And we found that to be very successful. Now, do you find that um, some advice to these folks that maybe are underfunded in their nest egg is that maybe you should get a part-time job or maybe you should get a franchise or get some uh, business to that's going to throw off some money to help you kind of shore up their financial yeah. kind of spreadsheet? Absolutely, Lee. Um, we, it's a math problem, first and foremost. And we say, okay, here's the math. Here's where the gaps are. We have to do one of two things, either spend less, bring in more, pay down debt. We, we take a look at all those things and objectively look at those objectives and Personally, uh, again, I'm 61 years of age. I'm a big proponent of working. I I think work is good for the soul. I love the structure, community, and sense of purpose. And there are times where I will counsel folks to not maybe retire too early based on what they think they want to do at this next season, because this next season could be 30 or 35 years. And I'm finding more and more folks, especially we boomers, they may not want to work at that job, but they want to do something. And so we will many times put in work or part-time work as part of the plan well into their 70s. Now, um, is that a a hard transition for your retirees uh, to go from that work where that was part of their identity 
And then all of a sudden now they're kind of untethered from that and they lose kind of that why and that reason to get up in the morning? Oh, absolutely. And that's really what, um, as Holly came up with the title of this uh, this new book, Living a Better Retirement, that we're um, starting our plan to begin writing in uh, on Labor Day. It, it's all about everything that doesn't have to do with money, because some of the biggest challenges we find as we counsel folks, especially those who have done well economically, is what do they do when every day is Saturday? And that's really a big topic. And we find a lot of folks really wrestle with that when they've done everything that they were supposed to do with the savings, et cetera. But now they don't have that. Why why am I getting up? Who am I serving? Is this meaningful work? And that's really going to be the topic of our next book. And again, I'm thrilled that Holly came up with the idea because we have more of our folks. We have close to 700 families and I think 25 states are our core is right here in, in Atlanta, right here in Georgia. But they all wrestle with that same issue because, unfortunately, they get very little counsel of what to do with their day when they've done everything to save up the money. So that's a great point that you're making. Kind of the the deaccumulation is a is a maybe a challenge they didn't anticipate. Absolutely, because everything is about how do I build a better retirement, but living it is often more than just economic. Right, I would imagine it's a lot more than economics because. Every day you got to do something. I mean, and, and, you know, the golf and fishing sounds good, but it's like eating ice cream sounds good, but eating it for every meal every day doesn't sound as good. Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly correct. And we're going to talk a lot about the book that we're going to be starting this fall. And we are going to be taking a lot of thoughts from our clients and advice from our clients on that, because we think it's really important. Of course, everybody wants to go into retirement financially sound. But when you, when you achieve that and you've, you've retired from your job and you're starting to do your golf more or gardening or whatever it is that you love, visiting the grandchildren, traveling, that's, that's wonderful financially that you can do that. We want to help you get to that point. But life is so much more deep and meaningful than just you have a great retirement plan. And so um, we've heard wonderful comments from our clients and we've just, you know, watched different lives change over the years. And there's so much more to it. It's really about the humanity of it, the relationships in life. And that's all a part, a a bigger part um, than just having a good financial plan. So we're really looking forward to writing that and to gathering in some more information, but it's been rolling around in my head for about three years now, and I'm really excited to get it out and just be able to get it out into the world and just say, okay, yes, you know, the retirement part, the money part is very important, but you're done with it. Now let's go live an incredibly exciting life doing what you want to do and to make it really meaningful. And is that um, in the 20 years that you've been doing what you do, is this discussion about legacy and about meaning and, you know, like this living a better retirement beyond the financial side of it, is that something that 20 years ago you were having those kind of conversations? Is this part of your evolution also that uh, maybe as you get closer to retirement that that's something that's becoming clearer to you that that's a priority or it should be a priority? Yeah, well, you know, 20 years ago we were just starting out and it was all about you know, building the business and doing things right. And just like other businesses, you learn things and you adjust and you you change and you're always trying to give your clients the best service possible. 
But through the years, as we've come to our 20th anniversary, we have seen so many things, again, not related to money. I mean, there's there's times that I can mention where, um, you know, now that we're 20 years into it, there's people who are starting to pass away. And because we have structured our business and our relationships to be so intimate with our clients, there have been times where we will be one of the first people that are called when someone passes away. And that is such an honor. It's a very sad moment. And, you know, we hate to say goodbye to a client, but what a compliment to, you know, this is something that it's not like they tell us six months down the road. Um, We've gotten phone calls on the weekend at home where, you know, someone's like, you know, my husband just passed away or it was yesterday or something. And so that tells me that we're doing something right. We have got the relationship solid. They know that they can trust us and they know that they can just contact us on our private number and tell us. And and what makes it even more meaningful to me is that the response that we have to them is go take care of your family. You don't need to do anything. We've already done it all. You go take care of yourself and your family. We'll give you a call in four or five weeks, and then we'll start working on the things that we need to address. And you know, Lita, to to piggyback on on Holly's comments, over the last 20 years, what I've seen is the shift from the builder generation to the boomer generation. Um, The builders, you know, my dad, who would be 91 this year, Holly's dad, who would be in her his late 80s. You know, folks that um, the greatest generation, we, we know about that, the book by Tom Brokaw, uh, that I think was written a number of years ago. That focus and thought is really different than the boomer generation. We, we those of us in our 60s and moving into the 70s, those I think 1946 to 1964. So what is that? Uh, the, or the first boomers are turning 75 this year. They have a different look at things than our parents who again in that is going through the great depression and going through the struggles and going through world wars it's a different mindset and so now part of what we've done to shift is understanding that the people we're dealing with at retirement are a different generation who looks at retirement differently more meaning uh, what they do with work what they do with charitable travel etc cetera, etc cetera, is different than some of the folks who are pretty content to go i got my retirement I paid everything off and I really just want to, you know, rest and relax. It, it's just, it's different. And we've tried to change based on the folks that we serve. Yeah. And um, if you think this is different, imagine the next generation who are trying to live that lifestyle as they're living their building lifestyle. So we're, we're going through therapy right now, ladies, <laughs> to figure out how we can address that. When we, we talk a lot with our nieces and nephews to try to get a sample of those 30, 31, 32, because Many of them, I talked with one the other day, you know, they want to be retired on the beach at 45 or 50. They've got completely different goals. And we said, that's wonderful. Let's see how we can help you achieve that. Right. It's a it's an interesting dynamic, this transition from generation to generation and how uh, the lessons that we each have learned from the previous generation and how they apply to our actual actions in a day-to-day basis is fascinating. Absolutely. So now you mentioned this upcoming book. Um, how has writing books impacted your business? Is that was that a business strategy to write books, or is this something that's just you're passionate about and you want to write it down and share it? Um, I think it's the latter. Um, there are times where folks who look like us, um, folks in the financial world or retirement world, 
um, there's over the years I've seen the, um, you know, hey, write a book, you know, and kind of put your chapter in it and have a professional writer, et cetera. I can probably say that of the four books I've had a chance to write, I wrote them. Um, and we had a young man that used to work for us that contributed to uh, building a better retirement. But I'm, again, as a history student, as a kind of a history nerd, um, I think one of the greatest inventions of all time was the printing press, because all of a sudden the printed word, and I realize I'm dating myself, you know, we've got Amazon and downloadable books, but you get the point that what happened when the masses could get information was revolutionary. And so I'm just personally a huge proponent of how can I get information in the hands of folks that it doesn't require a direct conversation. They can take it at their leisure. They can be on an airplane or wherever. And with Building a Better Retirement, uh, it was really designed to make retirement approachable. Um, part of, I think, my role is to take complicatedly and to make it simple. Build a bridge. Because by its nature, most folks are pretty intimidated and they go, I don't really know how all this stuff works. I, I read some stuff, but I don't know how it all fits together. So the writing of books has been to not only dispense information more broadly, but to also take some of the mystery, some of the fear out. And if people feel more comfortable, I think they'll take more steps to make decisions that will be helpful. And that was really the impetus. And we, we enjoy writing. And so far, folks have enjoyed what we've been able to write. One of the things that, that I felt on living a better retirement um, was, uh, you know, Morgan's a very energetic person, as you may have noticed. And so writing a book for him, you know, it just kind of forms in his mind. He gathers some some data and then he's writing a book. It's kind of an easy thing for him. Um, and so when I when I saw him creating in that that way and I was concerned about this part about, you know, having retirement be more than just about money. And then also with, um, like I said before, seeing clients passing away and seeing how it affects their families and things like that, I just thought, you know, th there has to be something more that we can give our clients than just, you know, this this great retirement plan. Um, when when you're facing end of life issues in the world of retirement businesses, people may think of end of life end of life issues as, oh, oh do you have, you know, funeral insurance? Do you have your estate plan? You know, but it's again, it's more than that. If if you lose a spouse and your life changes so much and it's not about what your income is, it's about, you know, now you're doing things alone and you're doing things differently. And so all these these stages of life that come with retirement are something that we just want to address, again, the human side and just say, you know, here's some things that we've learned. Here's some other things that might help you make transitions, because these are also difficult transitions for some people. And, and even just the transition of retiring. I mean, many times we'll see people, they're so happy. You know, they come in, I'm retiring next Friday. And we're like, yay, let's, you know, celebrate that. And then the first three to six months, most people are just giddy with the new lifestyle. But after that, for some people, it can be like, okay, I don't want to do the same thing every day. I didn't really think this through. So those are the kinds of things that we hope to be able to just give a few nuggets with in the book. Now, if somebody wanted to learn more about your practice, uh, what's the website? It is hillandhillfinancial.com, and that the and is spelled out, so H-I-L-L-A-N-D-H-I-L-L-Financial.com, and our phone number is 800-887-9647, and we do have offices um, in Woodstock, Georgia, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Knoxville, Tennessee, and that phone number just 
will ring at all places so they can check us out at any time. Well, Morgan and Holly Hill, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Lee. We appreciate your time. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. Today's episode of Atlanta Business Radio is brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com.